spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I have a dream that at moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins where it all came from since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Andy Ann's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Label Hi, it's Andy Ann from Spoken Label. A spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time, it became monthly, then weekly, and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date, I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken Label. Hi, guys. Andy N. Spoken Label. Back in the house on a Sunday morning. And I'm three quarters asleep today because the lovely poet I've got with me today um, said to me earlier oh, in the week, can we do this at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning? And I'm three quarters asleep, but hey-ho, still good fun. So I have got the fantastic Rhiannon with us today. Rhiannon, I'm going to make, I'm going to forget what she just told me as well. Rhiannon Levy. Not Levi. 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 Say, you're too early for me, right? So, <laughs> right, Rhiannon, <laughs> stop me making a, mu- a muppet of myself and I usually am, or shit for brains is my saying. So tell us, obviously, Rhiannon, a little bit about yourself, because we've been talking, and we said before, didn't we, for a few years now, one way or another. Yeah. And I think when I first got talking to you, you were actually weren't necessarily sharing your pre-work at the time, were you either? No, I mean, I probably was about... I was probably about 19 at the time um so yeah a few years back but um yeah so I am the current Worcestershire Poet Laureate woo um woo. I'm also the young woo uh, I'm also the youngest one ever to have the role which is very exciting so um I got the post um like the tenure um back in June last year so June 2022 it runs for a year 
Um, at the time I was 23 years old, so I'm 24 now. Um, so that's a record to beat. Um, I thank you. Um, obviously I live in Worcester. Um, I was actually born um in Worcester, but I lived in um Ledbury for a long time and Ledbury's known for the Ledbury Poetry Festival. Um, and then when I turned 18, I moved back to Worcester to be close to my dad's side of the family and also to start university. Um, so now um, I'm currently doing my doctorate degree in education um, through Birmingham City University. And um, I'm also a qualified teacher. So um, I cover teaching the range of schools in Worcestershire which means I get to know the kids um, in this area super well. And I get to, you know, be passionate about, well, all things about, you know, English and creativity um, as well as mental health. Um, and so, yeah, um, but yeah, no, um, it's definitely been exciting being poet laureate, definitely. Um, as you said, prior to probably, I was probably 19 when I started sharing my work, uh, maybe a little bit later than that. Um, I've always enjoyed writing. Um, at school, I was over like my creative writing, uh, but I was a very shy individual. So I didn't share it with people. Um, and so the first time I actually performed my work aloud was um, at a local open mic called Dear Listener. Um, and it's hosted by... Um, Dr. Charlie Barnes, who is um, an amazing writer. I swear she is like a machine. She just brings out novel and poetry book after book. Um, but that was the first time I ever performed. And then it's kind of just built from there. And I've been able to build connections with so many um, poets and writers, not just in the local area, but also further afield. Uh, people like Jemima Hughes, uh, Daniel Kay, um, and then we got obviously local talent like Lena Bachelor and A. Cooper, um, just to name like a very small amount of the many people I've met. Um, but yeah, no, um, I kind of try and embed my um, kind of experiences of my childhood and young adulthood into my work. And I'm very fascinated, particularly about the human condition um, and kind of like the obviously talking about social issues, but also putting a reminder that, you know, everything, it's not all bad. We have to, in times of turmoil, we have to remember, um, you know, the beauty of the world. We can't forget that um, because, you know, it's all about living um, and appreciating the surroundings really. Brilliant. Now, before we come on to, obviously, about your tenure as Poet Laureate, because I do want to talk about that, but I was going through researching online, and as well as being a writing educator, you're also an holistic educator. Yes. So tell us, I want to learn about that, because I know what holistic education is, because I've got a friend of mine that does it for a living, but there's people that won't know what it's about. So tell us about them. First of all, for people that don't know what it is, what it is, and where your background from this came from. Yeah, so holistic education, it basically is, as a holistic education, uh, educator, um, I not <laughs> only, yeah, 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 see, Sunday morning brain as well. Um, it's not just about academia and, you know, grading. It's about seeing children um, as a whole person, a complex whole person. And you need to be... 
um, looking at that and helping them thrive and not just grading, but their emotional well-being, their emotional well-being, help them build that identity. Um, so I very much, whilst I understand that obviously academic grades, they help people to go on to the next steps in life. It's very important that you nourish um, a child's full person, their full identity, because if you don't, then you have certain issues such as mental health issues. You have um, children with a lack of confidence. Um, and even if they get, for example, really good grades, they don't have the skills to be able to go into the wider world. It's going to be a struggle for them. So they need to be feel like they're being listened to, that they're being heard. So you've got to help them thrive and listen to what their needs are because they have a voice, essentially. Um, and it kind of comes from my background. I was very, I come from a very working class family. Um, I'm the first, per I was the first person to go to university. Um, certainly the first person to have a teaching degree um, and <laughs> be doing a, a, a doctorate degree because, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's very much, um, I was very lucky in the fact that I had teachers that believed in me and saw my capabilities. A lot of people uh, from my background, they're kind of left to the, the wayside um, and there's an expectation that they won't do well because of their family background. Um, and so um, I very much had the motivation to want to succeed and to want to, I have massive aspirations um, and I very much worked very hard at school, but also I had the support of uh, teachers and peers who very much believed in my capabilities. Uh, and unfortunately that's not the case for a lot of people. And therefore they then don't get the support they need in school. And then that carries on into, into adulthood. And I think it's really important to see past a child's background because they didn't ask, okay, to come from a particular family background. There's no shame in coming from a working class background. Um, some, of the, some of the okay. most amazing people I've ever met have been working class because they know about work ethic. They know they know what it's like to struggle and they want to, you know, not only make a difference to their own lives, but also the lives of those around them. Um, and I think particularly with um, terms of holistic education, um, in my doctorate degree, I'm focusing on PSHE and citizenship, which is um, a part of education uh, that looks at like kind of uh, social, um, economic, um, and like kind of, yeah, uh, issues and kind of skills, so life skills. Um, and I'm very much looking at there how it's being utilised uh, currently. Where does it sit in education? Um, and why is it so important? How does it impact not only a child's um, kind of development of life skills, but also their social, emotional and academic development? Because there has been studies that have demonstrated that it does impact it. And there needs, it needs to be utilised more than it currently is. Um, so yeah, my past experiences of being working class, um, I have a history of mental health um, issues, 
um, including bipolar disorder, which a lot of people are very surprised about because I'm not, I don't, I, I don't show it in probably the stereotypical way. But you know, there's a condition, uh, you know, how it kind of comes across people in different ways, um, and so, and also my experiences of bereavement um and yeah so all those things they've really kind of stemmed into who I am today uh, not only as a writer and an academic but also a holistic educator really brilliant yeah because I think what you're I can see certainly see from getting to know you is to say it runs hand in hand I think this sort of thing holistic healing and you know, with writing anyway because my friend that does it he's wrote a full poetry book on holistic healing he has and I know it's out there. Is that's out on out later on this year as well? So yeah, there is. I agree with you completely with that. So now I want to talk about next. Obviously, and um, what the big thing we've been hinting at in the first few minutes of this podcast is you as poet laureate in Worcestershire. Now I want to learn obviously because I know from talking to Mel Water Woodend about it before when Mel's journey to become it. Now tell us about then. First of all, then what made you want to apply for poet laureate in Worcestershire? And then tell us about the process on it, because I think this is something worth people noting about, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I kind of I kind of applied because I was there like, oh, why not? I wasn't expecting to get through mm. because I'm there like, oh, I'm really young. They'll probably go for someone who maybe has more like, you know, kind of experience. Um, but I will do it on a win. You know, you never know. Um, very much especially over the past couple of years, I've very much been there like, look, if you don't do it, you're never going to find, you know, never going to know, you know, if you're sure. successful. Um, so I apply for it. And the process of applying for it is you submit one poem that's on a theme that um, Worcestershire Lit Fest and Fringe have chosen. Um, and they're the people that run, obviously, this competition. And the theme for... Um, the competition that I entered was regeneration. Um, so yeah, very good theme. So you submit um a poem on that theme, and then you submit another poem, um, completely of your choice. And I kind of went for my classic, you know, human condition, that kind of thing. <laughs> Why not? You know, Brilliant. um, you know, gotta you know go sit with my uh my roots. Um, and alongside that, you also kind of send like a cover letter um, discussing what you would do if you were Poet Laureate, why you want to be Poet Laureate, what do you intend to kind of gain from the experience. Um, and then that's all anonymized. And then they have like a committee which judges it. And then based on the poems and the cover letter, they then... Um, they then finalised um, three poets, which included myself, um, to basically for the final. And then what happened is that we had like a kind of informal interview um, over Zoom, uh, just so they could get more details about, mm. you know, us as people. Um, and then um, back in June, I can't remember the date exactly, but there was a live final uh, based at the Swan Theatre in Worcester. Wow. Wow. Um, and it was very well attended. Um, and essentially what you do is you perform your two poems that you uh, submitted, and then you kind of talk to your audience about, you know, what you want to 
achieve if um you become poet laureate and then you have like a little in a in a side room it's very much a little bit like the apprentice you have like um <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> I watched that. I watched that. It's part of my language. It gets a shit out of me every time when I'm. Honestly, I thank you, thank you. Honestly, I've been watching it the past couple of weeks, and like, honestly, it's just been every time I've had my head in my hands because it's just bloody awful. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh. honestly, but um, yeah, you kind of go into like kind of the side part of the um, the venue, and you have like a not a very formal interview but you have more like directed questions kind of thing and then they make a the committee make a decision um and I'm not gonna lie um literally when my name got announced I was uh, in the middle of drinking my drink and I nearly choked on it quite frankly um <laughs> I was not I was halfway through sipping my drink I was like, <laughs> this is like, and I was like pardon <laughs> um oh, you would oh god yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. and I was just like oh okay um and yeah, my it, like I had um, quite a few people with me who had come to Jimmy on, and they were they were so loud. <laughs> <laughs> they were so loud. Oh my god! It was like you know, like a bar, uh, like a pub crawl. Quite frankly. Oh wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> All um, I'm going to say yeah, to that is, it would have turned into a pub crawl afterwards. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do remember getting quite drunk afterwards, actually. <laughs> um, but then you go back onto the stage and you perform your poems, and you have like a photo with. Um, you're um oh it's great you have um like basically like this plaque that's engraved with your name on it yeah. um and yeah now I have it on my mantelpiece which is lush um so I'm there like oh that's great um but yeah no it's um it could be quite daunting um but it was an amazing experience and like I said I wasn't expecting to win um because very much the amount of people that apply to a competition is insane so the fact that I was picked before even before like the committee obviously knew who had sent the poems in the cover letter um and then I yeah no it was an amazing experience and it's yeah it's been crazy busy ever since to be honest yeah, now obviously at the time of recording, obviously everyone noticed us like we're we're into marching and the marching. You've been doing this like for nine months now, haven't you? So, so tell us about them. What projects you've been involved with then as poet laureates? So many. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been honestly like a main part of my uh, tenure. Um, I very much my aim has been to bring different parts of the community together through poetry, spoken word, and writing. Um, people of all different backgrounds. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, you have experience of it or not. Um, so I've very much been working with local museums on workshops and uh, different initiatives. Um, at the Infirmary Museum, I actually um, I collaborated with the University of Worcester's Poetry Society recently to do um, um, a poetry um, evening um, at the museum. Um, and I also have poems that are at, like permanently displayed at the infirmary. Um, but yeah, I've worked for the George Medical um, Marshall Museum, um, Tudor, uh, Tudor House. Um, I've also put on a load of uh, quite a few events, uh, solo or collaborating with other poets in different parts of the community. So um, I remember back in October when we did a World Mental Health Day event. Um, honestly, it was amazing how many people from so many different backgrounds turned up. 
um, it was based at Sugar Daddy's Cafe, which is uh, um, an inclusive cafe that's recently opened um, very much, especially for like, the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and I thought it would be a great venue to host the event because it's really important to be collaborating with these independent businesses. Um, it was so well attended. Um, I've also done things for um, International Men's Day. Uh, you've got International Women's Day. Um, and I've also been doing a lot of work with um, places such as um, Worcestershire um, Acute Hospitals uh, Trust. Um, so they have their own charity sector, as it were. And I've been doing a lot of work with them, um, such as uh, poetry videos, um, we're currently working um, on an anthology, which is in collaboration with Black Pair Press. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, that's one, yeah. of my, one of my topics today, that one. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we're also, myself and A. Cooper, who's a former Worcestershire Poet Laureate, we're going to be doing poetry on, on wards back uh, in April. Uh, so we're basically going around and performing to those staff and patients uh, during uh, Patient Experience Week. Um, and we're doing it on twenty at uh, the afternoon of twenty fifth of April, um, which is amazing, especially because it hasn't obviously been allowed um, in the past couple of years due to uh, the pandemic. Um, but yeah, no, there's been loads of things being like you know going on. Uh, I've been obviously performing at events um, very much. Yeah, I've been trying to get my face out there as much as possible. Uh, been working with. Um, kind of like the local council as well for a few of their like kind of community events etc um which is great because you get to meet so many different people um and kind of like it's very strange because people go around you go around and people actually know your face um <laughs> um and coming from quite a, a, a being a person that that's never really wanted like kind of attention and kind of you know being always you you know used to be a very shy child um so it's very um interesting um uh, you never really get fully get used to you know being a poet laureate and the thing is once you've had the title you're always known as a poet laureate um that doesn't go away even when you have like you know you have um people coming for the next year um and I think especially being the youngest one um I think people are very fascinated by it to be honest um but yeah no I've I've done so many things and there's countless things that I've I've probably um I've definitely like not said about but you know things like publishing as well like getting back publishing mags etc um so yeah it's it's been a whirlwind really um sounds like sounds like it because if people play this back you'd be looking at yourself in 10 years time thinking good god I've done that 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 like that, aren't you? Yeah. I know. I'm there, like wow. literally, like the amount of things I've done. Like I'm there, like I can't. Like it's got to that point. I'm there, like I cannot recall all of them because it's just been absolutely insane, really. Oh, sounds it completely. Now, obviously, one insane aspect of what you've been up to is your debut collection, isn't it? Which came out in January. That is certainly not a day. It's insane parcel, but that people want to check it out. That's obviously called Morkel Veins. So Mortal tell us, vein, yeah. yeah, tell us first of all about then. The inspiration, what made you want to bring your first collection out back in January? Yeah, because, um, so I actually self-published it. And the reason I self-published it is because I really wanted a full collection <laughs> underneath my belt, um, particularly, you know, before 
do it, you know, before doing a poet laureate collection, etc. Mm. Um, and whilst I've been published loads of times in like lit mags and anthologies, etc., um, I, you know, I hadn't had a full collection underneath my belt. So my collection, Mortal Veins, which is available on Amazon, um, it very much talks. It's very much the theme is about kind of the human condition and about the complexity about you know human life but also the wants of it uh so very much on par with my kind of moral compass as it were um and i actually got my partner to design the cover um good old, uh, yeah with good old canva um so yeah he did a very good i was just like right here's the title just go with it <laughs> and um yeah the, the cover he came up with was uh is very striking and amazing um I kind of went with mortal veins because very much veins I mean they run throughout our whole body don't they and they very much are a essential part of human existence as it were and I wanted a title that was striking and as humans we very much are very aware of more our mortality um and I think sometimes that kind of overshadows kind of like us grasping to life to the fullest um and so yeah and I think it was really important to kind of talk about that within the poet within the poems um and yeah I think it's yeah I'm very proud of the collection it's sold very well I mean I knew that I thank you and and it's had really good reviews and I knew that I also wanted to self-publish because I have the social media following to do it. I fit, and I have like the determination to keep promoting it because the thing is, self-publishing is really good for independent writers um, if they know how to kind of make sure that they're like promoting it because it is. You've got to keep promoting it. Um, and yeah, no, it's yeah, it's been great seeing like different people taking photos and you know like kind of messaging me that I like, got your book um and it's really nice like I've got like uh, like my best uh, best friend uh, like since we were three years old she was there like literally sending me photos like I love this poem I love this poem um and you know she's uh, she's someone who doesn't really read poetry um but yeah no it's it's been a whirlwind really and it's uh, yeah it's crazy to think it's already been like two months since it was released really um but yeah I'm so proud of it um and I'm already writing for like new collections. <laughs> no, you do, just... you do, you do, because like it was like um, I did my first book about twelve years ago. It took me five years to get the follow up right for various reasons. Yeah. But since then, I've been a whirlwind managing usually one a year, one at least a year myself. You do it, so you get going. Yeah, I think it's like a, it's like a drug, isn't it? Because yeah. like once you've got that kind of feel for it, you're there like, oh, oh, I like this, and yeah. then you're kind of there like. I want to do another. I want to. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's what you do. That's yeah, what you do. Absolutely. I know. I know. We've got you told to talk about your poet laureate collection. I want to talk about that later. So we'll keep yes. off that topic, definitely. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. But it is a whirlwind, and it's it seems to build up, doesn't it? So yeah, that's why. Now, can we talk very briefly about a couple of the poems in the book? Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, then first of all, then you started off the collection with Morkel Veins itself, the poem, which I think it's a great poem. Now, tell us about. Two questions on that. Tell us about the background of that poem and what made you want to start the collection off with that title, poem. Yeah, so um, I very much, 
wanted to start off because it is a striking poem. And oh yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely and it's that. It's very yeah. striking. <laughs> I, I, like even I will admit, it's very striking. It's very philosophical, um, and that's kind of like my kind of writing back. I, I like to be a bit complex. Sometimes I can do like you know more straightforward poems, but um, I think it's like I've got an English lit degree. Like I, I like you know it's I think <laughs> it's maybe um, yeah um, analyzing is. Um, I very much wanted to start with it because it very much, I think, I personally, I think it encompasses like kind of the human condition about the complexity of it and very much talking about, you know, the theme of the human condition um, and it's all its uh, wonders, as it were. I thought it was a great poem to start off and I thought it'd be, it was excellent to kind of start off with a title poem as well. Um, I could have put it at the end, I could have put it in the middle, but I decided to go with the start because I thought, like, you know, in terms of, structure in the collection I thought that it'd be a really good place for it to be uh very much get the reader's interests as it were uh regardless of your kind of writing experience or um experience of reading poetry really um and yeah no um yeah um I mean a lot of these poems I kind of come up with on the top of my head um I very much just write and see where it takes me and then obviously go back and edit which I think is the case for a lot of writers um and so yeah that's really why I, I started with that poem um I wanted something that would kind of grab you know kind of uh get the readers attention really and get them thinking oh because a lot of my poems they, they they aim to get people to think um and if you can yeah. get them to think and kind of reflect um then you know that you've you've done a good job there really because it, you know they're very much like oh I wonder what that means, etc. Or like they're thinking about their own experiences and kind of bringing it to their own experience of reading um, a piece of work, really. Brilliant. Yeah, I agree completely. It's a very, very thought-provoking collection. This one. No, even more. Well, we're going to talk about the second poem I want to ask you about next because this one, this one surprised me a bit. That's it, but not in a, in a good way. Where yeah. you've got a poem called <clears throat> "Pardon Me Hauntology: Blessed in Poetry." Now, I know what hauntology is because I, I studied it at university many years ago. And should I read out the definition? What well, Google's got about it, so then we can tell people, then we can ask you why. Yeah, yeah. Haunt hauntology on Google, if you research it, is a musical genre that took hold in the early noughts. The genre is an extension of the concept posted by Jack Derridus in the early 19... This doesn't look right. In the early 1990s, it wasn't. He was dead, he was dead I'm sure he was dead by I was going to say, like, yeah. <laughs> I think he's well dead by then, yeah. But anyway, but it relies on the intersections and memories of how we are haunted by the past, a past anticipated future that never occurred. Now, it's a fascinating thing. But I will, I'm, we're going to arrange another talk about this because it's something I, I could definitely talk about further. But in relation to this poem, Haunted, Hauntology, Blessed in Poetry, where do your interest in hauntology come from, then? Okay. This poem. So, first of all, I'm very interested in kind of the paranormal natural. Um, I very much um, identify um, as um, spiritual in terms of, like, kind of beliefs. Um, and, you know, it's absolutely fine, like, regardless of your beliefs, that kind of thing, you know, as long as you're respectful of us. But I very much believe that once you pass on i be, don't believe that your your kind of your your soul just like evaporates into thin air um and i think 
in terms of hauntology, um, something that I've, I've always found it fascinating about, like kind of how you know memories very much remain, um, you know, years and centuries later. And something that really inspired a poem is so during a doctorate session back in it probably was about October, November time. Um, my lecturer, we were we were talking about hauntology in relation to you know educational educational theory, um, and kind of like how education has changed, um, and like the policies around it. And he was telling us a story about it was probably a, a few years back how he was walking down like kind of like I think it might have been a family member's house. And like there was like a kind of like an alleyway kind of thing with like you know walls on either side like for um like you know for different houses. Anyway, he was walking down it, and because of the way that the sunlight hit the wall, he actually saw um the shape um of a child's hands, uh where like you know when the the I presume yeah. when the building or the wall had been built, obviously the, this child had like you know, whilst, whilst it was drying, had like put a hand, their handprint onto the wall and it has remained ever since then. Um, and bear in mind, these walls, like this this house um, and the wall was built a very long time ago. Um, it kind of think, makes you think about like, in terms of like child labor, et cetera, um, and kind of like the memories um, that kind of stay even like a very long time after and I that really resonated with me because it very much makes you think like oh my god like you know like mm. history very much has a way of imprinting itself uh regardless of how long ago it was um and that very much inspired the poem really that and income you know kind of connected with my spiritual beliefs um and I think also like you know since my father passed like in 2020 mm. um at just 66 I think I've like yeah it's very much like being drawn to me for like more um and there's been some weird experiences that have happened to me in my life that um I can't explain I'm a very logical person um so I think it's really important to especially with hauntology I think it's a beautiful thing um because it very much gets you to think about how diverse history is, about how history is not just history, but it can also be magnified into the present. Um, in a lot of things, like historically, politically, emotionally, socially, etc. Um, and as humans, we have a massive history. We all have our own personal history uh, throughout our own our, our own lives. But also, um, you know, in terms of like a, on a like a long term scale very mm. much history even now it impacts us in some ways and sometimes we learn from that history or sometimes we kind of try and ignore it and then we get surprised if the same thing happens again um and so yeah I think it's absolutely fascinating particularly when thinking about kind of humanity in the wider world about mm. how much of an impact history has um, on us even in the modern day and that it's not irrelevant yes it might be different and we might have to um, kind of re-reflect on how 
it kind of relates to us, but it still relates in some way or another. Really, it's definitely because people are wondering. We're going to be coming to an arrange another chat about this again. Because I want to bring you onto the cloaked in the shadows of podcast Amanda. So that be in the future. But definitely looking forward to that. Now, the last major topic I want to come on to, we're going to wrap up, is the anthology you've recently or recently been yes. involved in. Life's wonder, which I'm in, and I, I was gobsmacked. I got yes, into this are. one. So yeah, I was gobsmacked. I got into this one, but I was delighted. So <laughs> now, obviously, this is a life's wonder with. You're involved with Black Pear Press on this. So tell us yes. about this then. What made you want to do this anthology and and obviously what where you're hoping to lead it to and etc. Yeah, so obviously through my poet laureateship, I've very much been working closely with um the Bushire Acute Hospital Trust, as I said um, earlier. Um and I very much one of the ideas. Um I've been working with a lovely uh, lady called Lucy Hugh. Uh, has a big part in the kind of like the charity team that's based um, within the trust and they basically raise money for the hospital in different ways um, and I've been working with her on a range of projects um, not only to raise money for the hospitals um, but also just to promote um, overall staff and patient and community well-being because let's be honest they really need to be seen um, and they really need recognition for the work that they have had to go through um and the uh, on a personal level um Worcestershire Royal Hospital in particular they very much looked after my father uh back in 2020 when he was diagnosed with a, a trigger warning for anyone um he was diagnosed with um terminal uh stage four colon cancer um and he was only 66 when he died so I was only 22 when he died um, he was an amazing man, uh, but he very much was from that generation that you don't talk about it, you know, and he very much, he left it too long. And then obviously when he finally like said that he was like unwell and me and my partner and the wife family saw how bad it was, he had to get him hospitalized, but they looked after him so well, like amazingly, they gave him the respect that he needed when, um, it came to the end um and they very much the oncology and palliative team particularly uh they looked after him so well um and i wanted as part of you know part of that i kind of wanted to do something in his memory but also for everyone else who's lost their lives but has been looked after by the hospital for the staff who have to see this firsthand um every day um, especially over the past couple of years um, and it's kind of uh, I want them to know that they're not forgotten because now we're in a post-pandemic world um, I think a lot of um, you know the NHS has kind of just been forgotten about really and especially you know this is not a time to be forgetting them especially with the crisis that they are facing um, and it's also the anthology wanted to bring different parts um, of um you know, communities together, free poetry, but also to demonstrate how beautiful life can be. Um, it's really, you know, it can be, and it's very difficult to see that when times are dark, etc. But this anthology hopes to demonstrate that there are different, that life is complex and it's complicated, but there are different parts of beauty that can be found um, and, that differs from person to person. 
So this anthology really wants to be, uh, really wanted to encompass that. So we what we did, I said, I, like honestly, my emails were chocolate block. Oh my god, I feel for like people who um run lit mags because they must have because like the amount of submissions we have was amazing. Uh, we had it's been on a global scale, which is fantastic. Um, and so yeah, no, it's a, it's a big anthology actually. Um, and it's been great to like kind of connect with different people. Um, but what's going to happen is so I have seen a first draft of the anthology, and I have seen the cover. Excellent. With it, so happy. <laughs> I'm so excited, honestly. Um, so I think we're just, I'm just wearing like you know, some final kind of amendments. But Black Pear Press, um, reckon that it'll be out very soon, so maybe potentially next, potentially next month. Oh, potentially. whoa, oh, whatever it is, it's gonna be yeah, out so yeah. soon. Actually, you've caught me out with that one. Is it gonna know, be like, and is it gonna be a launch or anything or any plans? Yeah, we're gonna be having a Zoom launch. So once we've got the details, let me know. Let me know. Let me know if yeah, I can. Absolutely. I will. Yeah. Absolutely. So once we've got it kind of finalized, we're gonna send like a, a kind of an email to all the contributors, game asking people um if they want to read like their poem. Um so yeah, if you want to do that, Andy, that's absolutely fine with me. If um, I can, I will. I promise you that now. So fabulous. Excellent. But um, yeah, there's going to be a Zoom launch, so obviously details to be confirmed. Um, and a portion of the money that's made from the anthology will be going back into the hospital trust, uh, which is really Fantastic. nice. So Fantastic. yeah, um, and I, it'll be available. So for people in the UK, it'll be available um, like for people to purchase through the website. Uh, but there's also going to be, it's going to be put on Amazon, I think. So even for people who um, are outside the UK, they'll be able to um, purchase and get hold of the copy. Um, so yeah, it's so exciting. And I'm absolutely in love with the cover and the range and diversity of contributors we got is fantastic. I wasn't expecting that much, you know, like kind of, I, I was like, oh my God, my my emails, it like, it was like, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> um yeah it's very strange how my email inbox back now <laughs> oh no <laughs> it's i get months. that i get that every time i do like, open up the booking slots of the open mic yeah. i do it just goes berserk for a week I know, usually. You're, just there, you're kind yeah. of trying to keep a uh, yeah. keep an eye on it you're like oh my yeah. god um yeah. so i have a lot of respect for people who do it on a regular basis, I applaud you. Um, but it's been an amazing experience because I, I basically how it how it ended up happening is I messaged Lucy and I was there like, I've got another idea, Lucy. She's like, what is it? And I was there like, we could maybe do an anthology. And and she was like, oh, okay. And she kind of put with the team and they said, yeah, sounds good. Um, and then I spoke to Polly, um, Polly Stratton, who yeah, um, well, I spoke, I've spoke to Polly myself, yeah. Spoke to yeah, Polly, yeah, yeah, co-runs Black Pair Press, and uh, we're, we're good friends. And I was like, Polly, <laughs> I literally on Facebook, I was like, Polly, I've got an idea. And I kind of explained to her what I was thinking of doing, and then she spoke to the team, she was like, and then she was like, you've got the thumbs up. Um, so we've been very much working um, on this together for the past couple of months, and it's been great to see it kind of um, bloom. So it's very right. exciting. Um, yeah, and I wanted to do something that very much didn't just um, help 
the hospital and but kind of helped you know people like you know poets uh get published I know there's a few poets in there um who I know personally who have never been published before so yeah. it's fantastic when you get to do that when you get to be that person's kind of first um you know kind of first publisher as it were um and so it's been amazing to see the diversity of it really and what I hope to you know for it to you know kind of bring is well obviously you know funds for the hospital that's obviously a big part um but also a sense of community on a global scale uh we haven't got just we haven't obviously got just poets that are from the Worcestershire area um we've also got you know poets from across the world which are amazing and even though they that personally that there's some poets that personally that's um uh, there are some that haven't personally had obviously um you know, kind of communication with the hospital, but they still want to yeah. get involved because everyone understands the importance no, of, of medical care, the importance of family members or, you know, you, you know, being treated with respect, um, obviously patients and staff, everyone on a global scale knows about that, regardless if they have an NHS or not. And I think, yeah, it, it's something like I'm super proud of um, so you should be as well, definitely. So yeah, I agree. Going to be very much going to be one of those things that um very much. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm going to take away from my laureateship, certainly, but particularly that. And I'm so excited for everyone to see it in the world. Brilliant, brilliant. No, good luck with it, definitely. So now I'm just looking conscious of the time here. So what we'll do is we'll start wrapping up now. But I want to ask you very quickly, obviously, two quick, two of the quick always wrap up questions I like asking. And you've covered a lot what you've got coming up already, but is there anything else you want to tell us about you going to plans you got for the future? I know there's a poet laureate collection on the way. You've been hinting at that before, haven't we? So Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of working on two. So there's one there's a poet like when you finish a poet laureateship, you um you get the opportunity to have a funded um anthology uh, published by Black Pair Press. Because uh, they're one that basically leading Worcestershire um, publishers, um, and so I'm very much focusing on that. Uh, very much going to be looking at kind of haunted places, which I'm very excited about. Actually, yeah, um, yeah. Actually, the place that I'm um, going to this afternoon, which is for Lena Bachelor's book launch. Um, it's very it's based at the Commandery uh, Museum in Worcester and it's like known for being one of the, the most haunted places in Worcestershire um, like yeah it, it's it's going to be fantastic so I've written some stuff on there um, but that's very much going to be the focus of that um, and then I'm also looking to do more writing um, like you know like we were discussing earlier very much when it comes to uh, you know uh, you know kind of publishing it's very much like a like yeah. a drug almost um so there'll be more of that on the cars more performing um and yeah it's it's going to be exciting i'm certainly not going to be stopping uh once i'm known as a as a previous poet laureate um and it's going to be interesting to see if anyone um ever kind of beats my title as being the youngest one ever that's going to be interesting um who knows who knows but yeah, no, I think there's a lot on the cards. Um, uh, yeah, I very much in under my with the mindset that let's just see like 
what the next um, next adventure is, really. That's always the best way of looking at your life. I'm always a believer. I take each day as it comes. So great stuff. All the best yeah. with that. Now, obviously, people can get a hold of your book on Amazon. But if they yes. want to find out more about you, where do you recommend you go? Right. Okay. So um, the hard I sell, as I call it, I was right. Hard sell. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to find out more about me, um, very much active on social media. Um, if you could get past, like you know, the animal memes, like cat memes, then you're, you know, you're you're good to go. Um, but um, you can find me on Facebook at Rihanna Levi. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at little, uh, like uh, at little riri underscore and on instagram you can find me at rihanna levi 98 um so yeah no it's very very exciting uh really um very active on there um and yeah if you want to find out more about me i mean i post a lot on what i'm up to um obviously you can buy my book um and I know on my social media page, I put like a link tree uh, link so you can find like kind of like links to the book, etc. of things that I am doing. Um, so, yeah, really. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And if you type my name into um, Google, um, there's plenty of things that come up from like news reports and things like that, really. Um, Brilliant. Great so, stuff. Yeah. Okay, oh, that's brilliant. Now, good luck with the future, definitely. Now, we're going to wrap up part one, and when we come back, you're going to do a few poems for us, which yes. I'm looking forward to. So, see you all, guys, in two shakes of the dice. Spoken me. Hi, guys. Andy and the fantastic Rhiannon. Straight over to Rhiannon now. She's going to do... How many poems do you think you'll do for us today, Rhiannon? We've not discussed that yet. <laughs> Ooh, I'll probably go do about three, I think. You've got, go for three, go for three, go okay? For three. Straight over to you, then. Okay, so this first one is titled... Mortal Veins. A beverage from mortal veins serves well for humanity. Pumped in marigold rays of kindness, coffee cups that play the game. Those mortal veins, suffice to say, facilitate principal humanity. Fineness, adroitness in relishing a robust emotion, an evocative marrow that godlike species moan for. Those mortal veins peregrinate through the times, intact after passing, marigold lashings, bathing in them in their unfurled blossoms, sailing on our speckled skin pins and perishable fins. How goodly it is that we cradle mortal veins. Thank you. Oh, I do love that poem. I really, really do like that one. It's just, I always think a believer when an art or artist, I think, I think you do as artist rather than writer today, is that you start off your debut collection with your title poem. I think that's either, the people look at it either two ways, is it incredibly ballsy or incredibly misjudged? In your case, it's incredibly ballsy, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, it's such a menace. I do really, really enjoy that poem. Thank you. Okay, we'll jump straight into number two, okay? So over to yes, you, number two. Um, so this one's titled Human Made Tarmac. Hearts have found intimacy with speed bumps birthed in tarmac. Human made. Constructed with no easy clothing phage. Occasionally, intentions find saliva beyond a person's mouth, closer to a spiritual black mass. 
They bite heavy on flesh and peel nerves and grow in bone. Independent thought is kept by stomping on with the struggle for change. The tearing of a blessing prayer. No holy water was sought. No small talk was said. Fragrances of selfhood can be refound when <clears throat> whistles are trained in symphonic melody with the rail track. Blended with fever dreams echoed in the distortion of fairground mirrors. The constructed loss of virginity occurs all over again in blatant reverse. Thank you. Brilliant stuff again. No, great stuff. Now, we've not actually talked about that one during the interviews. Tell us a little bit about the background of that poem, then, just so people know. Yeah, so um, this is actually the poem I was on about, you know, that my best friend I absolutely loves. Um, and it very much talks about kind of carrying on, um, even when things are tough, um, very much. Um, it can feel sometimes when, you know, you're going through tough times that you're very much walking, like, mm. kind of through, like, you know, dry and tarmac. Um, and so it's important to be, like, carrying on. And even when you feel like you can't carry on, you've got to try yeah. and find that willpower within you to be able to keep going because you will get there you will find who you are you will find um what your ambitions are that you can achieve anything you want really brilliant now great because you've got to look forward not backwards with life definitely yeah. agree with that so okay we better get on to the big finale boom 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 <laughs> um, so this one's called forever fresh acorns and it was actually a poem i made specifically for a men's uh mental health event um and yeah, so it speaks for itself, really. Dragged away by the neck scruff were the maple acorns of the season. With so much life to live beyond what was succeeded. Another inscription on unduly and raw fresh stone flower beds instead. Jolted to a halted cessation on Dover sea whistle cliffs in a manner that does not involve this. Teeth marks not so visible until death has embarked on its navigated trip. Those men deserve kinder days. Their lives should still be present in the days of respiratory air. The black dog is not fair. No guilt or remorse to bear or share. Its focus is to drive a full ship towards a new destination. No desire to help those men that were forced to be kept close. Or the families left in sight with no answered questions or desired closure. Across mystery of the rapture, keep their memory with you. Thank you. Oh, great ending. Great, great ending there. Definitely keep, always keep a firm believer. Keep the memory with you. It's important, that definitely is. So. Excellent stuff. And it's a great way to finish off this today, Rhiannon. So I want to thank you for today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Right, guys and girls, as spoken label is, of course, now wrapping up. Straight into my friend Don Callis over at Impact Wrestling. Who's one of his sayings is stay safe and stay over. We'll see you all next time. Spoken, mate.